So welcome to a Nutrition and Clinical Practice podcast. I'm Dr. Berkeley Lipkat-Kai, Contributing Editor of Nutrition and Clinical Practice and a member of the Physician Engagement Committee of the American Society of Parental and Enteral Nutrition, or ASPEN. Joining me today is Dr. Carolyn Newberry, one of the authors of a multidisciplinary team of the review entitled Dietary and Nutritional Considerations in Caring for Patients with Non-Alcoholic Fatty Liver Disease, Updates for the Practicing Clinician. This article is published in the February 2023 issue of Nutrition in Clinical Practice. Dr. Newberry is the Director of GI Nutrition at the Innovation Center of Health and Nutrition in Gastroenterology, or iChange. It's quite a catchy acronym there, and an Assistant Professor of Medicine at Weill Cornell Medical Center in New York. But Carolyn, thank you for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited to speak. Wonderful. Before we start our discussion, I would like to ask you if you have any disclosures you would like to share with the audience. I have received a speaking honorarium from Baxter International, although that won't affect anything that we talk about today. Okay, sounds good. So Carolyn, could you share with our listeners uh, about NAFOLD and its importance? And why, why did you actually write this manuscript? Sure. You know, I think it's a great question and definitely a trending topic nowadays. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, or NAFLD, is a very common uh, liver pathology where there is extra fat in the liver. And that extra fat is generally associated with some metabolic syndrome pathway. And so it's very common, affecting about a third of the population. And I actually work in a multidisciplinary clinic where we utilize obesity and metabolic optimization to help patients with NAFLD. And I thought that, you know, because it's so common, because, you know, there's a lot of interest in how we take care of it appropriately, it made sense to write an article for practicing clinicians from like a nutritional perspective. And given that the article focuses on a nutritional perspective, what role do you see that diet plays in with the management of NAFLD? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that diet actually plays a huge part in reducing risk for NAFLD. And, you know, the thing we worry about most with extra fat in the liver is that the fat will cause increased inflammation, which actually causes something called steatohepatitis. And then that inflammation can actually develop scar tissue called fibrosis and eventually lead to cirrhosis of the liver where patients actually develop liver dysfunction and need transplant. And, you know, currently there are actually no FDA-approved medications for management of NAFLD. Um, there's a lot of drugs in like phase two and phase three clinical studies, but there's still nothing yet on the market. And so, you know, diet and exercise optimization to reduce excess weight, as well as reduction in other metabolic risk factors and, and making things like hypertension and hyperlipidemia and insulin resistance better controlled are really the only options we have for treatment for an FLD. And so it's really important as clinicians who are seeing this a lot in practice to sort of understand lifestyle management and, and what really we're targeting in patients. I see. So are there any like specific diets uh, that you've gleaned from your research or you do in your practice uh, for the management of NAFLD? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, actually current European societies have really doubled down on the uh, Mediterranean diet as being the diet that we recommend most often for patients with NAFLD. I mean, I think this really stems from the fact that the Mediterranean diet has 
the most robust literature for reduction in cardiovascular risk associated with metabolic syndrome. And, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the composition of the diet. And so, you know, this is a diet that's very low in processed sugar. We know fructose is implicated in pathogenesis of, of excess fat in the liver. Um, this is a diet that's high in antioxidants, you know, with a lot of the fruits and the vegetables. It's high in fiber, you know, with things like whole grains, high in lean proteins. And so it really has like an ideal composition to reduce risk of, of metabolic syndrome. And we know metabolic syndrome and its complications like are associated with worsening NAFLD. And what about the importance of macronutrient ratios in NAFLD patients? I mean, what does the literature currently report? Right. Yes. No, that's another good question and, and something that there is a lot of active research on. There's been a couple of trials that actually have looked at, you know, low fat diets versus low carbohydrate diets and trying to determine what the best diet is for NAFLD. You know, as I mentioned, um, the diet that's the best studied in this disease is the Mediterranean style diet, which tends to be a moderate fat diet with most of the fat coming from things like fish and olive oil and, and unsaturated fats. And it's a moderate protein and carbohydrates um, in the form of fiber. But there is some growing evidence that, you know, fructose is really important in how the liver develops excess fat and how that fat becomes inflamed and you develop scar tissue. And so, you know, there's been increased interest of maybe things like a ketogenic diet or a very low carbohydrate diet, particularly looking at fructose, you know, may be sort of the direction we're moving in. You know, with that being said, you know, I think the Mediterranean style diet is like an easier diet to file than some of these really low carbohydrate diets. So maybe a, a more practical options for patients in the like the outpatient setting. And what about micronutrients? I mean, are there any of those that are important to consider? Yeah, so there is definitely some studies that have looked at antioxidants. So vitamin A, C and E in particular, vitamin E. <laughs> Actually, there was a randomized controlled trial that sort of looked at uh, vitamin E supplementation and its implications in NAFLD and found that, you know, high levels of vitamin E supplementation actually did improve outcomes. Um, this was a trial that looked at both like a, a diabetes medication along with vitamin E and th that without. You know, the vitamin E supplementation in terms of like what we're doing in clinical practice is kind of variable. There was, and, and certainly people in the nutrition community may remember this, some, some data that said that maybe high-dose vitamin E supplementation was associated with increased overall mortality as well as things like prostate cancer. And so people are a little hesitant to do it like broadly across populations. I think newer research may have sort of question some of this like epidemiological studies, but but it's still something to consider. And and right now the guidelines say that we should consider vitamin E supplementation specifically in patients with um, NASH. So those that actually not just have hepatic steatosis, but actually have steatosis that's developed some degree of inflammation, like under a microscope when we biopsy it. And also that patients like don't necessarily have diabetes just because those patients may have higher risk of other complications. That's very interesting. Now, is there anything else that you'd like to add that I hadn't asked about uh, NAFLD or in its management, particularly from a nutrition perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Uh, you know, I think that it's just really important to understand that this is one of the most common causes of liver disease in this country right now. You know, we estimate, as I mentioned, about a third of the population has NAFLD. That's about 100 million Americans out there. So it's a quite a large percentage. It's often under-recognized and under-diagnosed in the outpatient setting. So anybody with any history of metabolic disease, you know, it, it, you may want to consider looking at things like liver enzymes and abdominal imaging 
because it is so prevalent and and there's new guidelines actually from the uh, endocrine societies that anybody with diabetes should certainly be screened either with imaging modalities or labs. And then if it is diagnosed, you know, the only options we have really are for lifestyle management, weight reduction, metabolic optimization. And so we as the nutrition community really need to be taking care of these patients early and sort of intervening so that they don't develop more serious risk of liver disease. And, you know, I you mentioned at the beginning that, you know, a lot of the care that we're looking at and sort of clinical care models for these patients are these multidisciplinary programs. So for instance, I, I work in one in New York City that, you know, partners hepatologists with gastroenterologists, with endocrinologists, with dietitians, and we sort of understand this is like a team-based sport. And so, you know, I think that continuing to understand the pathophysiology of disease, screening patients, trying to reduce metabolic risk factors, and, you know, really taking ownership of like the nutritional management of these patients is, is really important going forward. Well, Dr. Newberry, thank you very much for sharing that great insight and uh, for joining us today as you know, you discussed your recent article in the Nutrition and Clinical Practice. Great. Thank you. We would also like to thank our audience for listening to this Aspen podcast. And to support what we do, please share, subscribe, and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Mm-hmm.